0: We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda.
1: And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real-life conversation
0: about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, I thought we could talk today about a scripture that I recently read in First Timothy, where I really felt some conviction about. I really felt like, wow, like I don't know if the church, and I'm talking about like the capital C Church, the body of Christ, has done this as well as we should or could. I don't like the word should necessarily because it kind of comes with like weird expectations. But I think Jesus had a picture of the church and of the bride that sometimes we have not shown well. And so there's a scripture in first Timothy, um, uh, chapter three, verse seven, it says, moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And I just thought, wow, like to be a people, to be a people who are well thought of by outsiders. So these are people who don't share the same faith that we share. Um, and then I thought of, Jesus' instruction himself that said, you know, they will know that you are mine, that you belong to me by the love that you have for one another. So you see, even in the life of Jesus, he taught directly about the effect of how you love and how you treat one another is going to either represent me well or not, especially to those who are outside of of faith. And we know from the scripture in Corinthians about love, what that calls us to, (laughs) patience and kindness and and goodness and not keeping a record of wrong and all of these things, like this is tough stuff to live out. And if you look at the church kind of over the centuries, so, you know, what we know from history, what we even see today, man, like we, and I'm just going to include myself in this because I'm a part of the church, but we have not Done a good job representing Christ, being a people of genuine love, and being well thought of by outsiders. In fact, I think more often than not, we are not thought of well by outsiders. And so I just started to have some of these thoughts like, Lord, like, first of all, go into my heart. Like, I want. I want you to do the work you need to do in my own heart. How can I live my life in such a way as to be thought of well, you know, by outsiders for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of my faith and representing you? And then Lord, forgive us for the ways that we have not been good representatives of this. You know, I'm walking with some people right now who, you know, grew up, let's say, in a Christian environment and are sort of rejecting that way of life because of some hurts or because of some ways that they were treated or because of some expectations that come sort of in these circles of faith. And so, again, even as you walk with different people who have been hurt by religious people or people who call themselves Christians, you know, one of the things you realize is that we're not just hurt by Christians. We're just hurt by people because Christians are not Christians. We're broken. Like we have brokenness inside us. Yes, Jesus has saved us or made us new and we are being made new over time in our sanctification, but we definitely don't get this perfect and we won't. And so perfection is not the goal. It is the end. It'll be the end result when we are perfected and all things are made new. But right now, walking this out is challenging on many, many, many scales. But my heart really, really breaks when Christianity is to blame or Christ or faith is actually to blame for the hurt that people have caused because it isn't Christ. It is brokenness of humanity and you see that in every facet of society i think that you know sometimes christians or religious people get blamed but you see it in every facet of society christian or not but we are called we can't deny that we are called to a higher way of living for the sake of those who don't know jesus one last story and then i'd love to hear your thoughts on this rhonda um you know I had this neighbor at one time who uh, was of a religious background as well and part of their religion had a lot to do with um, the perception of outsiders and needing to be like extremely nice to strangers and people and it was part of you know, their religious belief and and how they were called to live. And I remember thinking like, wow, these people are just so, so friendly and so kind and such great neighbors. And one day I was outside with my kids. They were little and playing. And I heard this guy who was just so nice and so friendly and so wonderful, like literally like calling his wife like, you're so stupid. What is wrong with you? Like putting her down and like speaking to her in a way that like i i was just like this is like abusive it was absolutely speaking to her in an abusive way and i i just thought oh well like all right all of the sudden this external niceness as i put it in quotations meant absolutely nothing if the way you treat you know the people in your family is in an abusive way and so again these are some of the things i think that outsiders the world presses in on where you know we say one thing but the the evidence of the fruit of the spirit is just not there in some people's lives and so yeah lots of thoughts there i know i went in kind of a bunch of different directions but yeah i've just been thinking about this and i i'm like lord help us to be a good witness help us to really love the way that you've called us to love so that many can come to know this great news of the gospel you know through our lives
1: It it really is a part of like, when you're talking about the witness part of it, you know, whether it's inside the church or outside the church. Now within the church, yeah, I've, we are no way perfect. Oh my goodness. And we're not even talking about like, you have to be perfect. But I think once again, we keep talking about the posture of the heart, that if it's just about things you do, but it's not with humility, it will not, it won't bear fruit because with the posture of heart, it's not about perfection. It's about humility with repentance with acknowledging when you have hurt somebody or when you have maybe said something you shouldn't have or maybe crossed a line or done something that you just are able to acknowledge that that's a posture of heart that's part of being humanity part of working together and even when you're talking about a story I remember growing up there was a gentleman in our youth group he was like an older one of the older youth and we grew up in a very legalistic time when I say that we've it's really it was all about the outside like you read your bible you don't you don't go to dances which to me is so sad that all those years (laughs) I didn't dance which is one of my favorite when there's a wedding
0: I'm like yes I get to dance I love dancing do you dance at
1: home I totally dance all the time at home. <laughs> we have dance offs in the kitchen all the time. Nice. Yeah.
0: Love do you? Do you yeah, dance? Yeah, of course I dance at home.
1: <laughs> I know, I love it. But I love dancing. But at that time was like no rock music, no dancing, you know, everything.
0: There was just so many things based I on I love how external. you called it rock music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that totally dated me. What is that? <gasps> it's just music. Music. I don't even know. I know. For me it's like, but at the no, time. No, no, I'm
0: joking. But I'm joking. I
1: remember we even yeah. even Christian artists, my parents yeah. were super
0: strict. If it's found it even a little oh. i put in quotations worldly oh wow so even like the christians that were like doing On like the, edge, the rocky music yeah oh. i was like you're not allowed to listen to that so i grew up even in wow that. But that was just the era it and was. the time it was and our know, parents were taught that so right. then they they yeah. thought that that was the that's right, right way
1: i know exactly like anyway so we grew up in that but i remember there's this youth that one of our guys in our youth and he was like You know we definitely believe sex is for marriage but very verbal like there was a couple of people that had said you know their their girlfriend got pregnant and was extremely condemning verbally about it stood up in front of the youth and saying like like so and so that was a sin we should not be doing that which is so inappropriate like that's a whole other (laughs) inappropriate level that he was even able to do that but just totally publicly acknowledged how terrible it was that this guy had gotten his girlfriend pregnant and how like that's so shameful and all of you take note like that's a lesson it was that kind of a thing oh my gosh I know I remember this and being like <gasps> and at the time I, I don't like, think I was there that night no you were well, you might have been there but maybe you're goofing off in the back I was like the guinea <laughs> one in the front with the notebook and you were somewhere having fun
0: anyway i was in the back row for yeah. sure That was the get best kicked out of you which is the best. get out of here Lori. What? <laughs> oh my god don't which, tell my dad which is the best part of our stories anyway
1: but all that to say this person that did that actually ended up getting his girlfriend pregnant
0: <gasps> no yeah. oh and my god the tune That's crazy. changed
1: pretty fast that when we extend such condemnation you know,
0: that's going to come back to us when we are like that with other, with like, we want a different measure. Don't you find that it is true though? Often the people that rail the hardest against certain things are struggling with the very things that they're condemning. Like that, that is revealing, like almost like an overcompensation, like the lack of grace is also a lack of grace for their own struggles. Like, I, I really think there's a connection there. You see that you do. And it was like that person
1: then pretty much disappeared out of a lot of, you know, and came back later and God has a beautiful story that they redeemed and did all of that. But at the meantime, I remember being very impacted by that being like very, very careful of what you like, how you treat people because I'm not perfect. And I want to have grace in my life, but I can't say I'm going to be hard on you, but I expect you to be easy on me. Like if we're going to, we've just really got to walk together with truth and grace working together. And so when you're talking about those two things, like how we treat people, that was inside the church and outside. Yes, we've done a terrible job, but even inside our community it's really really important that it's about our hearts and yes as we work out our salvation in a sense of a sanctification we're being changed every day as we allow the lord who is the only good in our lives we are bad who comes and changes us every day it is his goodness that works in and through our brokenness at all times so as leaders as a church family we're all broken you know and in the outside world how we are perceived our witness is so important as well like inside yes we influence one another we want to walk together in love but outside and I think that's been something like I can say for Jay and I it has been a real blessing with our kids being in sports because it really has forced us to be in spheres with people that we naturally wouldn't hang out with even with our neighbors we really have been intentional because we can easily have people in our lives that think the same way, the way we do that go to church with us. And those are our closest friends. Absolutely. Like what we share the deepest. But we can easily isolate ourselves from not being around people that don't know Christ. Like sharing relationship with, not just seeing, but having over, spending time with, having conversations that we don't see things the same. And it really is important that we are around people that think different than us. We actually need that. And they need the light of the gospel as well. But for us, we need it as well to be able to be all things to all people, not compromising, but to be able to adjust to love people where they're at. To realize we are no different. We just know Jesus, and that's all. That's the only answer in their lives. That different. That that's the only difference between the two of us. Yeah. We are not better. Yeah. We're not. We are not. Yeah. We're all the same without Jesus, and that's the only goodness that people see in our lives is because of Him. And they need to experience that salt and light in their lives. But we also need to experience the diversity in our lives so that we can love people where they're at, leave the condemnation, the judgment, to let God work out the criticism because that has to be rubbed out. It just doesn't go away. Criticism actually has to be like... Yeah, it's almost like the friction has to be yep. edged out like that softening it's like when you have a sharp edge yep. it needs like it to be kind of to be soft it needs the friction that's what that does it softens out those areas that are not fruitful that are really condemning and yep. critical so yep. that's kind of a few of my thoughts on a few of one of those experiences I had within the church but how I'm loving in this season just how God is allowing us to be an influence outside the church and just on a side sideline soccer field being able to speak into people's lives in ways that they're kind of like, nobody speaks like that. Like even the encouragement. Okay, we're not even talking about sharing the gospel. Even bringing life that's not rude or having to be like this life of the party or say things inappropriate. But to be able just to encourage people to say, you know, I just want to say like you
0: and to speak into people's I see lives this in you. Yeah. Wow. This is a gift. This is they,
1: they d- come alive. Wow. It's like they don't even know like what, what is happening wow. here. It's wow. so amazing.
0: Yeah. That's so, so beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. And again, I think sometimes, you know, in church or as Christians, sometimes we, well, you know what, it's, again, it's not a Christian thing. This is a human thing. We all want sort of the easiest path to where it is that we think we need to go. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the rules of following Jesus and think that that makes us somehow better or holier or more righteous or more right you know, and again, when we bring those attitudes into our relationships, then all of a sudden we are bringing a self-righteousness or a better than into relationships. And that will never end in someone feeling loved. That will never end in being able to be well thought of by outsiders. It will never, never end that way. And I think it really is the easier way to go because again, sometimes we do this as parents, sometimes we do this as leaders, like if you look on the outside, Outside, Like you're doing all the right things that actually makes it a little bit easier for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? If my kids are, if the people on my team, if they're doing the right things that it seems like on the outside and I don't have to address anything major that's going on, that makes what feels like my work easier. Easier rather than the truth of who we are coming to the surface and then having to deal with that. You know, sometimes we even see, like in the church, and this is kind of a sideline, but sometimes we even see in the church, like, you know, couples will come who um, are living together and then they'll walk this journey of like realizing, oh my goodness, like this isn't the way that God intended and we want to make it right. And so I've got that in quotation marks again. And so they end up getting married, which is great. And And in the church, we celebrate that. We want that. Yes, we do believe, you know, there's a blessing, a covenant of marriage, a way that God has designed it that is so beautiful and the right way. But what's so interesting, I think, again, and this is how humanly sometimes we do it, is that we believe that, oh, when that day comes, all of a sudden yesterday you weren't pure and today you are pure. Well, like that purity doesn't come through the covenant of marriage. Never, ever, ever does the scripture say that, you know, our purity comes through the covenant of marriage. It came through the cross of Jesus and the blood of Jesus alone. And so those very same things that made us make decisions to fall into sin, whether in that specific case, I mean, I can speak for myself in my own story, you know, Jason and I, as teenagers, Chose not to wait for marriage for sex. And so there was this part of us, obviously, at that time and in that season of our life that said, Well, we want to do it our way. We think we know better and we want to do it our way, or we wanted to give into the desires of our flesh. And we made that choice. But again, the day we got married, that didn't go away. That did not go away. We actually had to bring whatever that motive was that caused us to make that choice outside of marriage to trust ourselves more than God, we brought that motive right into our marriage with us. And we had to address that before God, before God could actually purify our hearts, right? And so again, these are some of the things I think that make our witness poor because we think that it is about some of these external things, or we put too much emphasis or too much focus on, on these external things rather than actually letting God address the issues of our heart and the issues that are standing in the way of us stepping into this of being able to love one another in such a way that sets such an example to those who are outside that they would know that we're different that they would know that we're living different and again that's part of I think the working out of these things there has to be fruit and not just not just The image of what you do on the outside. There has to be literal spiritual fruit, fruitfulness from what we're doing as we address things that are going on deep in our heart space and in our spirit, right? So I think that's part of what works against us when we don't address it that way or when we keep it just at the surface level and we just say, oh, you know, now, oh, now you're married. Oh, thank God. Okay. That's not an issue anymore. Well, that's actually not true. (laughs) That's actually not true. Whatever was the issue before is still there now and we need to bring that before a loving gracious God and let him redeem us and let us let him make us new let him pour out on us the grace of the cross and the grace of what he died for us for so that we can then walk in such a way that we're called to walk in the beauty of grace and the beauty of forgiveness and I think that from that space that will come out in how we treat people That will come through in how we love people. Love people that are like us and love people that are outside the faith. That will come through if we let God go to those places. But if we keep it at the surface and the external level and it's just about what we do on the outside, then that's how we're gonna treat people too. What we see on the outside, that's how we're gonna judge them, that's how we're going to, you know, and they'll feel that. They'll absolutely feel that from us. And I think that's some of the criticism that comes against the church that is legitimate you know so <laughs> she, she, you're like nodding but not saying anything <laughs> no it's r- actually what you just shared there
1: is extremely powerful because I'm, I'm a little bit of a loss for words I'm just feeling how do I even continue <laughs> that conversation in the sense honestly Lord when you were talking about like it's not a room in our house I was sense like well I can just close that door and open these doors and it's all good. It all works together. And God brings into light what's hidden. Yeah. He brings into the light what's in darkness, not to condemn us, but to restore us and to heal us and to bring us closer to him. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly like in different seasons or different areas of our struggle. It's not like we can say, well, I'm just going to close that door. And now like I'm, I've done this now, so that somehow is not going to affect this part of my life. No, it all is affected because it's from a heart space. Everything flows from the heart. Above all scarred your heart. From out of it flows the wellspring of life. Everything is connected to the heart. So as you were just talking about choices that we make the choices you were just personally shared a very intimate choice you know different choices that we make it's not like that doesn't affect something else it's not like its own silo choice that we can say oh well that that's just that no it actually affects what you're doing now and it will continue to affect it if we don't deal with it and it will come into a place and usually at a time you don't expect it It'll flare itself up in an experience that you're like, how did I even get here? Or why did I do that? Or now I just really hurt this person. But I think if we continually come to a place of repentance and confession, we've talked about that before, but that's why God has put that in place is repentance and confession because it keeps us humble. It keeps us in touch with, we are one decision away from making a terrible decision all the time. We are drawn by our flesh, but we constantly want to submit to the spirit. But we are aware that we literally are broken. We are needing a savior daily to save us from our own sin, from the conflict, spiritual conflict within. And everything affects everything. What we do affects who we are. We cannot separate the two. You can for a season, you can for a time, but it will reveal itself. That's right. And so as you were talking, I was just, it was really profound. I was just trying to think, how do I even kind of back on that? But it really is that separation of what we do does affect who we are. And it's easy to kind of separate those two.
0: We kind of want to, because we can do things in secret, And we do that just to make it easier on us. Like we do, we, we, we do that Mm -hmm. so that we can put that out of our mind. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to worry about that. So we Mm -hmm. don't have to think about that. We don't have to, you know, but, but actually, you know, all of our hearts before the Lord are our hearts before the Lord. It's not, it's not (laughs) just to make it easier for somebody else or, you know, just to band-aid or make something look pretty on the outside. Like, no. Like the lord knows our heart and you know we'll stand before god and the lord knows and he'll speak to that so you know i think where we're struggling to love people you know in our life uh you know whether inside or outside the faith it's a really great space to ask the lord like why why am i struggling to love this person to really really love them like what is standing in the way of loving them. And, and I know, listen, like there's a lot of brokenness in the world. So I'm not saying that, you know, everybody that's hard to love, you should be best friends with, and you, you know, you need to have as the closest people in your life. Don't interpret it like that. Don't hear it that way. But I do believe that God wants us to be at peace. And and that's in the scriptures with everyone mm-hmm. to live at peace with everyone. So if there's people that are in our lives that we're not at peace with, again, that doesn't mean every day in relationship and you know closeness and trust and all that but if there's not peace in our hearts towards somebody then there's something there that the lord wants to bring healing to that the lord wants to redeem for you like not just it's not even really about that person it's not even necessarily to restore the relationship with that person but for you so that you can live at peace with everyone Mm. and again i think that wherever that is like go there like lean into that because there is something good for you on the other side of that. There's a place of holiness. There's a place of dying to yourself. There's a place of redemption for you on the other side of that. So wherever those relationships are, just go there and let God speak to you and let God show you where you've been hurt and how that's affected you and come into your heart and be able to help redeem you. Because again, just doing it on the externals is exhausting for one if you're not going to the heart space it's just exhausting and you're never going to do it perfectly all the time so that's exhausting too so you're going to keep failing you're going to keep failing to love the way that you want to love and God truly does want to make all things new and he wants to redeem your heart and redeem your relationships and help you to have peace in your heart towards everyone no matter no matter what the circumstance there can be peace and that's a miracle that's a miracle that only God can give
1: that is a miracle and that's exactly the, the peace with others that you may have boundaries that there's people you can not you are not able to be in relationship with and that's exactly we're not saying that that is something you need to breach or that you need to feel guilty about in any way. But like you're saying it's about our heart space towards others that we could have that peace and that harmony in our own spirit to be like when I think about that person. I am not bitter and resentful. I may not be able to be with that person because it's there's so much pain or dysfunction or it's a very destructive person. I need to have boundaries. That's very important too. But we're talking about how you feel inside when you think about that person. And that could be a process for some of you listening. It could be a very fresh wound that has happened or it could be an old wound that has just been there for so many years, that has built so many layers. And even hearing that might be like, you. You know, you have no idea the story or what has happened. No, we don't know, but God does. And if Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, is inside of you, we know that all things, with man it's impossible, with God it is possible for you to be at peace with what, you know, as you think about that person and think about that relationship. Could it be, is it a journey? Absolutely. But it's a journey worth taking with the Lord, is what we're saying today. It's a journey worth leaning into because in the end, the fruitfulness will be peace, joy, and hope in the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants to lead you to, not to have you be afraid or to not open that door, but open the door and let God go in there. Know that he's gone ahead of you and he wants to, he wants to move in that, that space that maybe has been dark for so many years or a place that you've just closed up because you haven't wanted to go because God wants to restore and to
0: bring light and to bring peace in every area of our lives. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And again, even having this conversation, sometimes we can feel this pressure, um, to like (laughs) have to do everything right in our relationships, you know, be, um, like what is that be well thought of by outsiders means like, oh my goodness, like I definitely have to put out into the world or project in the world, like this certain way of being in order to be well thought of all the time. And like, what would you say about like how you live this out? In a godly way as opposed to falling on the side of people pleasing because this can quickly cross over to just being well thought of in people pleasing as opposed to um for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of jesus and fruitfulness and all of that Where where do you think that difference lies between how we do this right before the lord right heart right motive before the lord and then crossing over to the the space of people pleasing Yeah. It's a good question. I think
1: honestly, at the end of the day, I think we just have to be honest and real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're and honest about maybe where that has crept in, because I think sometimes that might creep in for some people. Yes, it does. Right. It could creep over to the side of people pleasing. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, like my motive is that I want them to like me Mm -hmm. as opposed to being a representative of Christ.
1: Yes, I, I do. Because even as you're saying that, I'm fil- maybe my, and as I'm thinking through the question, I'm filtering it through, you know, those that like on a, at a soccer game or some of our neighbors that we've become close to in our conversations. And I think what's drawn them to us, absolutely, they feel something different. You know that. Like when you're in a room and you have Christ in you, that's what people sense and they don't know how to put their finger on it, but they know there's something different about you. They just know it. They feel it. And I think the greatest thing that is kind of built is the relationship. Just relationally loving people and being where people are at and not making them feel like, Oh, you're a pastor. So I got to be perfect around you. That sometimes I actually am really hesitant to seem to say I'm clergy, like I'm a pastor because automatically they're like, Oh yeah. It's like the like they're around their mom or dad or something. You're like, I am not your like police here. I'm not your like moral police. And if you feel that that's the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm not, but we've got to also be relatable. Like I think of Jesus, the son of God hung out, with 12 men and they loved him he must have lo- he laughed with them joked with them shared story with them but they
0: loved him and they, they weren't were- afraid to show him their most the most ugliest yes. parts of themselves yes. you know what i mean yeah. the most like brutal barbarian just like unfiltered parts of themselves that's it so i often think about like if jesus
1: i am not jesus but i'm looking at how he was the son of god came among us and i mean i can't even (laughs) imagine like jesus did this i feel like i want people to feel like i love them like i'm just i love you like you you can just be you and if i mess up I'm not going to set myself up like Little Miss Perfect, but it's easy to do that, right? It's much easier for me to be like, oh, I'll just isolate myself and be like Little Miss Perfect because once you get into relationships and having navigate hard conversations, you're like, ooh, how do I get myself out of this? Or how do I bring this around with truth but not over-spiritualize and make them feel because they don't understand. Like it is, it can be a much more of a, but it's so awesome. It's so amazing because you realize at the end of the day, We're all just people. We're all looking for the same thing. We're looking for purpose and love. We're looking to be accepted and be secure. So many are dealing with fear and anxiety and uncertainties, and you don't have the Lord. And when you look at people through the eyes of the Lord, be like, I just want to love you. I just want you to know you're seen. I just want to be full of joy. I want to be fun to be with. I want to be a lot of fun to be with. I want to feel like I'm interested in you. I'm interested in your life. I'm asking questions. Even if your life is so different than mine, I want you to feel like I see you because you know what? God saw me and he sees them. And so I think it's really not feeling like we've we just let the Holy Spirit do. what The Holy Spirit does and we build that relationship and the chances and the opportunities will come as we're led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's we have to follow the voice though, because for some it may take a little bit of time. And all of a sudden there's a conversation that comes, you're like, now's the time. Some it happens very quickly. Right. So we just follow those ebbs and flows. But I think loving people above all is the greatest. And letting the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do.
0: Yeah and i think we have to approach all of our relationships and how we treat people with a beautiful humility mm-hmm. like we just we just have to we just have to approach it with humility with Like the recognition that, yeah, like the goal is not perfection. We're not going to get it perfect. We're not going to be a perfect representation of Christ, but to have humility in that, Mm -hmm. to recognize where we fall short, to own that, Mm -hmm. to to own that in conversation. I mean, how refreshing Mm -hmm. is it when you're in conversation with someone for someone just to own something that they did? It's just so refreshing and it builds trust. And Mm -hmm. so I think in those spaces, like that is how we can best navigate this, the, um, the pressure that I think comes from the enemy to want to pretend to be perfect yeah I think we approach it with humility and it actually shatters the image of trying to be perfect self-righteous better Mm -hmm. than all of those Mm -hmm. things that sometimes this a religious environment can make one feel like that's what it looks like to be a follower Mm -hmm. of Jesus it's not about that at all it is about literally being forgiven it is about being imperfect and flawed and but yet walking under grace and having grace for others receiving grace and having grace for others and that's mm-hmm. i think the beautiful what mm-hmm. jesus showed us and uh, but again we don't e- we don't do that well <laughs> we don't do that well that's a constant working out constant of working. our salvation and uh yeah sanctification yeah under the lord that's beautiful that's so so beautiful well friends we encourage you again hold fast in this time in the relationships that you're in and you know may you be well thought of by the outsiders in your life as you love the way that Jesus showed us to love. Amen. And you know,
1: you can follow your king because he set the example. He set the example. We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with all of our weakness, but in every way, he was perfect. And we can come to him knowing that he has... He, he came, he dwelt among us, he knows us, and he will empower us to be salt and light in our world. And where you are, I just want to speak to someone right now, you may be struggling, even in the, maybe it's a job you're in, maybe it's where you are thinking, why am I still here? God has placed us as salt and light and may you look around and say okay God perhaps there's a kingdom purpose perhaps there's a reason why I'm here for them but I'm also here for me you're working things out of me for me to love people to see people the way you see them and for me to live out my faith not just behind closed doors or with people that think the same as me, but live it out and flesh it out with people that don't because we're meant to be salt and light. So may you know that God has a plan for you. He sees you. May you just share the love of God and be full of joy. And I just wanna close with First Thessalonians 5 verse 16. And it says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so in our relationships, may we be joyful. Mm-hmm. May we pray and pray for others, and may we show a heart of thanks. And in that, that's all humility. All of that is all places of humility, joy of what God has done for us, praying because we know we need God, dependency and thankfulness is acknowledging that with all that we have comes from Him. And so may you share that joy and thankfulness in your world. And you know what? Don't dismiss or devalue the power of just being filled with life and joy and gratitude because it's contagious. So bring the light of Christ and be real, be real with those around you. And I know that we can make a great difference as we choose to step into the places that are different. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of
0: life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.